0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash loss.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system.
2: What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. We are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are and it would then crystallize what we do
3: listen to the no spin news subscribe to bill O'Reilly's
2: podcast feed wherever podcasts are available up next rob smith is problematic part of the gingers 360 network
3: anti-racism is the new racism it's true we see it happening all the time and it's time to start calling this crap out this is rob smith is problematic just gonna get right to it right now the quote-unquote anti-racist rhetoric of the past few years has just gone completely insane and it is no reason uh there's no reason to, to be doing this now but it is quite obvious to me that this is all come as a result of the left going absolutely insane during the Trump administration. They did not get their way. Donald Trump was elected, and Hillary Clinton was not, and these people went absolutely crazy. And so when you look at everything that happened over the past couple of years, there were a lot of good things happening with this economy, but to the left, they couldn't tell people that good things were happening, so they had to double down on the race stuff they had to double down um, on these racial narratives and so what we're seeing right now is literally the compilation of everything that has been going on probably I would say for the past 10 years on social media uh, but definitely for the past uh, four years So we've got woke activists calling white people evil. They're calling uh, white people demons, enslavers, colonizers, oppressors, all of these things. And they are literally, and this is the thing that that really drives me crazy, and and that really gives me a lot of pause here, is that they are engaging in open hatred of white people. They are engaging in open hatred of people for the color of their skin, which is literally the definition of racism, right? if I hate you because you are white, I am a racist. If you hate me because I am black, you are a racist. If I do things um, in order to try to block opportunities for you or in order to try to block power for you or anything like that, I am a racist. It doesn't matter um, if there's a black person doing it or is a white person doing it. And so this anti-racism crap that has really just infected the left. And, and it really um, strikes me sometimes, it's so crazy that Americans literally talk about, like, skin. we talk about nothing else as Americans. And, and this is by design because this anti-racist rhetoric, this these woke activists literally calling white people evil and talking about how much they hate white people, this stuff is not intended to bring Americans together. That is not the intention here. It is intended to instill a permanent, inalienable and unshakable victimhood complex in black Americans. And so the white liberals that are in power have no issues with this. Um, it, it makes them feel good about themselves to participate in this rhetoric, to participate in sort of this open hatred of themselves because they cannot stop flagellating uh, themselves for you know what their ancestors have done over the past centuries. So they can't get enough of that stuff. It, it gives them a sense of purpose. It gives them, weirdly enough, um, some weird ideas identity. And the white liberal elites in charge have no issues with this because they know that it's fundamentally crap. They know that this is all crap. The American obsession with with race and racism and this new anti-racism rhetoric, this stuff makes more sense when you realize that this is all done in the pursuit of political power. There is no other reason behind this stuff but political power. There is no other reason behind this stuff but more votes for Democrats or more votes for uh, people even further left than Democrats, people that are far left, people that are socialists, people that are Marxists, people that are communists. That is what this stuff is all about. You have to realize that this is all being done in the pursuit of political power. Now, take. For example, the latest example of this stuff and how this is done in the pursuit of uh, political power, take Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Lori Lightfoot, the black lesbian mayor of Chicago, is utterly incompetent. She has been around for two years and has absolutely failed Chicago for the entire two years that she has been mayor, though Chicago has been failed by Democrats for decades, shootings are up. Crime is up. Poverty up. Chicago is awful. Chicago, and and I'm sorry, but it is. Chicago is awful. There is nobody that really wants to live in the south side of Chicago. It is basically a war zone. And if you say anything about this, um, then you are branded. If you're black, if you say anything about it, you're branded as racist. If you're white, if you say anything about it, you're branded as racist. So if you say anything about the African Americans that are killing each other, shooting each other basically on a daily basis in Chicago, then you are a racist. And Lori Lightfoot does not want to be called onto the carpet about her utter failure as a mayor, her utter incompetence, the fact that her policies fail. No. She wants... To solely place the issue and the focus on race and racism, because if she does that, then she is absolved of everything. You know, on the left, the only thing that you have to do, and it's—I'm telling you guys—and I've said this before—it is such a good hustle. It is a grift because. If you are a black Democrat, you never have to be held accountable for any of your actions. You never have to be um, held accountable for the policies that you create, uh, the policies that you implement, the failures of your tenure. You never have to be held accountable for anything because the only thing that you have to say is that you saying this is racist. And that is it. And so. When you are as big a failure as Lori Lightfoot is, you have to place the focus solely on race because you certainly don't have any accomplishments to fall back on. You certainly are not um, dropping the crime rate. You're certainly not getting shootings down. You're certainly not getting more people to, uh, to live on the south side of Chicago. So this is, this is what she did this week. Lori Lightfoot has been mayor of Chicago for two years and decided to celebrate this momentous occasion to only grant one-on-one interviews to black and Latino reporters. This is a real thing that she did. And if white people have a problem with this, they're not really allowed to say so because if you do, then you will be called a racist, right? And so she got kind of called out on this, and, and I'm going to tell you what a couple of people said. So there was a uh, Chicago Tribune City Hall reporter named Gregory Pratt who said, I'm a Latino reporter at the Chicago Tribune whose interview request was granted for today. However, I asked the mayor's office to lift its condition on others, and when they said no, we respectfully canceled. Politicians don't get to choose who covers them. Absolutely. And so this next, this is a Chicago political reporter. Her name is Mary Ann Ahern. She said this on WGN Radio. She said, to choose a reporter based on the color of their skin is really pretty outrageous. Does she think I'm racist? Is that what she's saying? Yes, Mary Ann Ahern. This is exactly what she's saying. This is exactly what she is saying because she does not want to get asked tough questions by reporters. She doesn't want to talk about failure. And what is going on with Lori Lightfoot, what she is doing right now in Chicago can literally be modeled by every other Democrat politician. Remember, Governor blackface out there, uh, Ralph Northam? Remember when people said, uh, when people tried to call him on the court for literally either doing blackface or posing next to somebody in a KKK hood, we, we still haven't figured out which one it was. And when you asked about that, you're racist. And he is working so hard to provide equity and diversity and inclusion and all of that stuff, right? So this is what they're saying. And this is beyond cynical, okay? Uh, because Lori Lightfoot, and, you know, like I said, you can substitute Lori Lightfoot for pretty much any uh, Democrat on the left. She makes the conversation about the lack of diversity in the press corps, which is real. Like, that's a that's a very real issue. Um, the, the press corps is, is overwhelmingly white, journalists, people in the media. Look, I have a, a degree from um, Columbia University. I used to do journalism. That is a very real thing. But that's not the thing that you want to talk about when we have people dying every day on the streets of Chicago. And this is what she said. The press corps is a filter through which much of what we do in government is dissected and explained to the public. And yet, despite the many talents and skills of our reporting corps, I fear this arm of our democratic system is on life support. The Chicago media leadership must evolve with the Times in order to be a true reflection of the vibrant, vast diversity of our city. This is, um, in layman terms, BS while some of it is basically true it has nothing to do with her utter failure as the mayor of Chicago. she has been failing chicago for the past two years local journalists and local reporters and local politicians can't stand her because they know exactly you know what this is all about and now I want to play you this clip. This is Leo Terrell. If you watch Fox News, you know exactly who Leo Terrell is. And this is Leo Terrell just basically going ham on Lori Lightfoot. This is what he had to say. Lori Lightfoot
2: is a racist. Not a covert racist, an overt racist. The reason why she gets away with it is because she is black and she got that D in front of her name. You know, you wanna know what systemic discrimination is? Systemic racism? When the mayor of a city institute a policy, this is systemic racism. But she gets away with it. Rashida Tlaib, is anti-Semitic, but because she got a D in front of her name and people out there listening, we got to stop this because this race car is being used exclusively by Democrats because they are minorities. You got Joe Biden afraid to challenge Tlaib. They put Kamala Harris who basically called him a racist because she's black. She gets a pass. Lori Lightfoot, I want everyone to hear this, is a racist regardless of her color and she is implementing systemic racism in the city of chicago sue her
3: well there you have it i mean that's from leo terrell look to really break down and to really fight against this stuff you have to realize exactly what this is so anti-racism is a new racism all of this woke far left stuff is all about basically democrats trying to make black people victims permanently, trying to get more votes, and trying to avoid being held accountable for their failures. Because if you stop talking about race and get to the nitty gritty details of how these cities are being run, and this goes from Chicago to Detroit to Philadelphia to Los Angeles to all of these other places, you know that they are being failed. And there's so many, and I'm telling you, there are so many black Democrats, just like Lori Lightfoot, that are failing. They're failing the people they're supposed to be representing. They're failing the cities they're supposed to be protected. They're failing in every single way, but they are given a pass because they deflect via racism. All Americans, black, white, Latino, Asian, or otherwise, need to start standing against this stuff and need to stop falling for it. Because if we do not stop falling for this, they will continue to fail us. And they know they will get away with it because all they have to do is throw out that race card. Next up, some people will not let their masks go even when vaccinated from the COVID-19 virus. I will tell you why after the break.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.
2: I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day, And we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Hey, this is Vivek
3: Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine, enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth
2: Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge
3: me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So we are finally, finally turning the corner from this coronavirus pandemic. We are turning the corner, folks. At this point, everyone in America who wants a vaccine can get a vaccine. I have turned down countless, (laughs) countless, countless opportunities to get vaccinated because I refuse to take that vaccine. I just will not take it. But Your body, your choice. The choice is yours whether you want to take the vaccine or not. What I'm trying to say is that we are finally starting to get back to normal, but there is this weird culty subgroup of people that do not want to let these masks go. It's like they're they're pacifiers. It's like their little binky. It's like their blanket. They cannot let these masks go. Even when they are vaccinated, and this is a level of insanity that has a lot to do with the media malpractice when it came to how COVID was covered in the first place. The left likes to memory hole lots of different things. They they memory hole um, Anthony Fauci's flip flops. Uh, they memory hole anything that happened, you know, with uh, Governor Cuomo and and how he basically directed the the basic murder of of a lot of senior citizens because he had them go back to nursing homes and that whole. Stuff so we memory hold a lot of stuff when it comes to this coronavirus pandemic because a lot of us really do just want to forget this this last year um it has not been a good experience but the reason why people do not want to give these masks up the, the people the reason why is because there's media malpractice when it comes to how this was covered this became a hardcore political narrative and This does not bode well to us in case we ever have another pandemic um, that has more than a less than, uh, more than a um, 1% fatality rate. If something ever came along, which killed literally 25% of people, we would be in trouble because we have proven the way that America dealt with this coronavirus pandemic last year, um, that we do not know how to act in facts and in science and in data and all of these things when it comes to this stuff because it was a hardcore political narrative. So the narrative says that if you were on the right, you were supposed to think this way. And if you were on the left, God knows, you had better be doubling your mask, you had better believe that coronavirus is fatal, that you're gonna get it if you pass somebody on the street, that no matter if you are young and healthy, you are just going to drop dead from the coronavirus. This is what what people were being told all of last year because there was a president in office that the left did not like, and that is what this was all about. In anything that they could have used to destroy him, they wanted to de- to what they wanted to use. So the coronavirus was used to destroy him, right? To to get him out of office. But even outside of Trump, people that are not critical of the mainstream media. And I know that I have a a lot of liberal, independent followers as well, because this, I believe that coronavirus has never been a left or right issue. It really has been an issue that is about, do you think critically or do you not think critically? And people who are not critical of the mainstream media have been led astray and they have gone completely bonkers with this. They are nuts. They're crazy. Like I said, the mask is their pacifier. It's the thing that keeps them safe, and they can't get rid of it. You know, these people have so much to say, oh, my God, they will go on and on and on about Fox News or Breitbart or any of these other things. They are so hypercritical of of conservative-leaning sites or conservative-leaning networks or news that comes from a conservative-leaning perspective They save all of their criticism for that, and yet they have no question about what MSNBC is saying. They have no question about what CNN says. They have no question about what the literally dozens of far-left sources on Twitter are saying. And that stuff is a problem. I mean, it is a real problem. And like I said, these people have been led astray. These people have, have gone completely bonkers. David Hogg is one of the Parkland school shooting survivors who became a very big sort of like anti-Second Amendment, anti-gun advocate. And of course, he was uh, completely exalted by the mainstream media until they didn't have any use for him anymore. And so now he's just, you know, on Twitter, working behind the scenes, whatever. This is what he tweeted. And mind you, this is a very prominent leftist. He has uh, over one million followers on Twitter. Twitter. he tweets this. I feel the need to continue wearing my mask outside, even though I'm fully vaccinated, because the inconvenience of having to wear a mask is more than worth it to have people not think I'm a conservative. I think this is something you can especially understand if you're in a very liberal area where 99% of the people you see are wearing masks. Think about how nutty that is. Think about making yourself do something that you, he, he obviously has no, once you get vaccinated, there is no threat of you getting the coronavirus. This is never going to happen, right? And so this person got vaccinated. He, that propaganda got to him. So he got vaccinated and he wears a mask outside, which is one of the most deeply uncomfortable things ever. As a matter of fact, I think this entire year, I never wore a mask outside. I always thought it was absolutely stupid. I would always comply with, you know, whatever the guidelines, like if I'm going to the grocery store spring spin class, whatever, but wearing a mask outside is nuts. It is bonkers. It makes zero sense. And the only thing worse than wearing a mask outside is one of those idiots that um, is not wearing a mask, but then when you walk towards them, they throw, you know, their mask on really quick as if, you know, you're just going to give them coronavirus and passing. It's sick. It's twisted. It's bonkers. It is absolutely nutty. The New York Times did a deep dive into the lives of some of these maniacs, and I want to read you a little bit of this because it's really, <laughs> I think that this is a fundamental chronicle of some of the mental illness that has really been inflicted on a lot of people over this past year. Whenever Joe Glickman heads out for groceries, he places an N95 mask over his face and tugs a cloth mask on top of it. He then pulls on a pair of goggles. He has used this safety protocol for the past 14 months. It did not change after he contracted the coronavirus last November. It didn't budge when, earlier this month, he became fully vaccinated. And even though President Biden said that fully vaccinated people do not have to wear a mask, Mr. Glickman said he planned to stay the course. In fact, he says he plans to do his grocery run double masked and goggled for at least the next five years. This is insanity. Folks, this is crazy. It is completely outrageous and insane to me that... There are people that are going to wear their, that are going to do this for this long. And you know what? You have to blame the mixed messaging that has come from Biden and Kamala Harris. and you have to like you have to understand. you have to get yourself in the mindset of people who want to quote unquote, be good because if you're good, then you listen to everything Joe Biden and Kamala Harris say. You listen diligently to what MSNBC says and what CNN says. And so when you have idiots on MSNBC like Joy Reid, who said that she double masks even when she's outside jogging a couple weeks ago, like what a joke she is. And when you listen to these people, a lot of people don't understand about living in one of these places that like these liberal bubbles like New York City, is that the last thing that you want is for people to think that you're not being good. That's why all of these leftist gays that I follow on, you know, some of them on my Facebook, some of them on my, my Instagram, they're like, oh my god, we can finally take our mask off. It's a joke. These people are insane. And this, this is one story right here. Um, this one made me sad. This is from the New York Times. A day after the CDC's announcement, George Jones, 82, a retired mail carrier, stood in the sunshine outside of the General Grant houses where he lives in Harlem. These are projects, alright? and said his blue surgical mask, though uncomfortable and inconvenient, would stay put for at least another year. I'm in no hurry. Why should I be in a hurry? said Mr. Jones, who became fully vaccinated a month and a half ago. Until New York City reaches a higher level of vaccination, he believes just 40% are completely vaccinated. He believes it's too risky to unmask. And this is like, this is actually sad. Being around is more important. That's what counts. I'm an old man. I'd like to be around as long as I can. On Broadway, a group of young men walked past him with not a mask in sight. Mr. Jones said he understood. Young people, they figure they're invulnerable, and I hope they are. This makes no sense. This is insanity. And just to, to wrap this up, you have to understand the level to which people have been driven completely insane by the crap that they have been had foisted upon them by the far left over the past year. It's a joke. And the scariest thing about this entire situation is that there has been so much information readily available, I would say, even as early as last summer, but yet some people have still been driven completely insane by this. This does not bode well for the future, folks. But what this does bode well for is the left and the mainstream media and Democrats, because now they know. If they hop on a narrative and they use all of their resources to push that narrative, they will drive people completely bonkers and into a 100% state of compliance, which is exactly what they want. Holly weird alert, actress and singer Demi Lovato has just come out as non-binary. What does that even mean? I'll clue you in after the break. Hollywood gets weirder and stranger and more bizarre every single day. It it just really does. These people have too much money too much time on their hands. They don't really do a whole hell of a lot except troll Twitter and, and social media for attention. They are going to get this attention by any means necessary. So first of all, if you're listening to my podcast and you don't know who Demi Lovato is, I'm going to tell you who she is. She's actually a pretty brilliant singer. She's a great singer. She was a, a child star singer-actress, um, went through the Disney machine, was very successful, had a lot of hits like Cool for the Summer and, and Sorry Not Sorry and a lot of these. Just great great pop songs. Just a good singer. Uh, as somebody who... That whole Hollywood machine. She has a host of issues. She had, oh my God, this girl, oh, this poor thing, has had eating disorders, substance abuse. She overdosed on heroin and almost died uh, last year. Um, and and on top of all of this stuff, she is a complete narcissist. She is completely narcissistic. I watched her YouTube docu series. I watched that. I I am in the pop culture. We have little. We have pop culture moments here, which we need to have because we have to start talking we have to talk about about culture um, and not just politics all the time but she has this youtube docuseries that was all about uh, from her lips exactly what happened after she almost died after a heroin overdose about her relapsing and now she's not totally sober and she says she drink wine and stuff now it is utterly fascinating and it's fascinating because it gives you an insight into an absolute narcissist This person is a total psychopath. That is what's happening here. She is wealthy beyond belief, okay, I think think she's worth something like 70 million dollars, which is just stupid, ridiculous money, Um, lives in this palace, has an entire staff of people that are just around her, giving her lots of attention all the time, but anyway. Now she's come out as non-binary. And I want you to listen to her. Just She, she has some new podcast, and she, you know, she made the announcement that she is non-binary. So listen to her explain this and see if you can suss this out.
0: I want to take this moment to share something very personal with you. Over the past year and a half, I've been doing some healing and self-reflective work. And through this work, I've had the revelation that I identify as non-binary. With that said, I'll officially be changing my pronouns to they, them. I feel that this best represents the fluidity I feel in my gender expression and allows me to feel most authentic and true to the person I both know I am and still am discovering. In this first episode, I'm excited to share with you what this means to me and what it may look like for other people. I want to make it clear that I'm still learning and coming into myself, and I don't claim to be an expert or a spokesperson. I know this might be a new conversation for many, so I'm inviting my friend Alok, someone I trust to spend time on this platform. Alok is an author, performer, and an important voice within the non-binary community and beyond. Their work to create visibility, equality, and understanding has inspired me on my healing journey. We'll discuss identity at large, but also take the time to personally reflect on how I came into my truth so that we, like many others, are able to live our lives authentically. In just a minute, I'm going to share space with Alok and dive deeper into this conversation.
3: Okay, well that was crazy. Um, so and let's explain what non-binary is because I don't think she did a great job at that because she does she doesn't even know what the hell it is. She just wants to, she's she's looking for some attention. Um, so people that claim to be non-binary do not want to be referred to as he or him or she or her. They live in this existence that is not in the masculine or the feminine. Feminine. they are just these extra special exalted beings who do not who sometimes feel woman and sometimes feel man and and that's and it's just like a bunch of crap. This is like non-binary is not real. this stuff is not real. And as I said on Twitter, and if you don't follow me on Twitter, please do at Rob Smith online this where all my social media handles. As I said on Twitter, non-binary is not a thing. it does not exist, and I refuse to let some queer theory 101 rejects grift me into accepting this nonsense. Demi Lovato is a woman. Do not let this lunatic pull you into their delusions. And delusions are exactly what they are. Non-binary is not a thing. Non-binary doesn't exist. Non-binary is just one more thing that this completely narcissistic, completely social media obsessed... Group of Zoomers uh, slash early millennials. This is just another thing for them. This is another thing to say. This is another way to get attention. This is another way to sell a podcast or promote um, a brand or whatever. It's ridiculous, and I'm telling you guys, there is so much that's happening today nowadays, and. I'll get into the... I, I was going to make this entire episode about like how crazy the LGBT has gotten, but I'm going to do a special episode with that um, in, in a couple of weeks here. But there are so many things that are going on right now, and you have to understand what is going on. People want you to believe their delusions. And in order for you to believe their delusions, they have to control the language. You have to control your narrative. So you cannot say that Demi Lovato is a woman. You have to call uh, Demi Lovato them. You You can't call her she you have to say they them and blah 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 it's completely ridiculous and since the left controls language and they control these spineless journalists and entertainment writers who wouldn't dare go against the narrative and be like I'm not gonna do this um, they want to control everything, and they want you to believe something that does not exist, and they want you to de- to deny what you are seeing with your own two eyes. And this a lock person that she's talking about. This is, this person's name is a lock uh, Menon. This is a man, a very hairy man, by the way, who dresses in women's clothes and puts makeup on. And you know, this is a grift. You know, he gets all this money to speak about all this stuff. Like this is a man. This is not like a woman. This is not by now. Binary. This is a man. And so they want you to believe these things. And they want you to act as if you are the crazy person when you are not indulging in their delusions. And you have to resist this with every fiber of your being. You really do. Because if you do not resist this, I'm telling you guys. This is what started to happen 10 years ago with all the trans stuff. And like I said, I'll get into that in another episode, but now this stuff gets up in the policy. The next move, if we start indulging this stuff, and I will never indulge they, them. I will never indulge non-binary. I have no problem. I have no issue with transgender people. Um, I have issues with the way the far left has pushed that into policy, and I'll do a deeper dive into that in in the coming weeks. But I will never indulge Non binary. It's just not something that I'm ever going to do. Because if you start indulging this stuff in five years, they want to have non binary they them on driver's licenses and they want to change their birth certificate to say non binary they them. And then they want to make it against the law for you to call a non binary person he or him or she or her. This is the future that they want. It is so weird. It is so authoritarian. And this stuff right now, you are seeing absolutely destroyed. Destroy leftist institutions. We talked about the anti-racism crap earlier, and we talked about the critical race theory crap, and now this non-binary they them crap. This stuff, when left unchecked, and it will be left unchecked in these super woke progressive institutions. We'll say like um, the New York Times staff, or or Teen Vogue, or all of that other stuff. You know, they want they them blah, blah blah. They want to make it illegal, right? So what these people eventually want to do is to use the force of the state to get you to deny what you are seeing, hearing, and experiencing with your own two eyes and your own ears and your own being, right? And that is the end game of all of this stuff. So no, um, Demi Lovato, like, you're a woman. I'm going to call her she. You are not non-binary. You are not they, them. It is not a thing that exists, okay? So I am not going to indulge this, I am not going to engage in this, and I highly suggest, highly suggest that you do not indulge or engage in any of this nonsense either, because I'm telling you, it's going to be something else in five years, and then it'll be something else after that, and then it'll be something after that. Stop. Do not engage in the non-binary stuff do not call these people they them, stop indulging in mental delusion. Because if you do not stop indulging these lunatics, they will never stop trying to control what you say, what you think, what you hear, what you believe. Period. Hello, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Before we go, I want to thank my fellow problematics so much for joining me on Tuesdays and Fridays now. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rob Smith Online. Special thanks to our producer, John Cassio, researcher Aaron Kliegman, and executive producers, Debbie Myers and speaker Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network.